Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Fundamentals, an OKC UK podcast. I'm your host, Tom Snowden, the founder of OKC UK. And as always, I'm joined this week by Mr. Brandon Dale. I'm looking forward to calling you just Brandon this week instead of Mr. Dale. How are you doing, Mr. Dale? Oh, I can't complain. Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Weather's certainly a lot better out there now, isn't it? Yes, sir. This week was much much better uh, the sun came out so yeah it's been the same here we, we had a lot of storms last week and now this week it's been it's been like 11 degrees which mm. i know for you for you you probably won't understand 11 degrees because as we spoke about the temps are a lot different i still don't, don't get it but no as always well uh there's been six games since the last time we recorded uh both had a busy week so it's been hard to try and fit in but we're gonna. I'm gonna very quickly go through the first four games of the last week myself, as I don't really think there was a lot to talk about. So we lost to the Grizzlies in a 122-113 effort. A couple of uh, positives out of the game. Again, there were six players with ten or more points. So I'm liking how this team shares the points this season. There's a lot of uh, threats on offense, and we'll touch on that again as we go through this week. Uh, we had an 85-98 loss to the Bucks, which I thought was one of the most boring games of this season. It like it wasn't. You'd think with that scoreline, the defense was good, but the defense wasn't really that great, and the offense wasn't great for both teams, not just for the Thunder. And then we had a 117-101 win against the Cavs. Uh, Shy had a great game that game, 31 points before he went and dropped a career high the other night. Shy's offense. <laughs> has been outstanding, especially within the last week or two. Uh, again, in the Cavs game, there were six players with 10-plus points in the game. And we also, we also got nine, uh, nine steals in that game. It's something I've, I've noticed a lot recently. We are getting a lot of steals. Uh, but granted, we are also gaining quite a few t- turnovers as well. Uh, and then the last game I'll quickly touch on before we actually talk about some of the games is the loss to the Heat. Uh, with a 108-94 performance. Again, it wasn't really a great game. Not not a lot happened that was worth talking about. But what we do want to talk about is what made me happy the last two games. I'm sure that's made Brandon very happy as well. As we've had two outstanding games of basketball in general, not just for the Thunder. So we got a win against the Spurs, 102-99. We all know about against Dort with the game winner. Shy Gilgis Alexander dropping 42 points, a career high. And we also, uh, as the Thunder fan base made very loud, Bays didn't have a very good game, which we will talk about because I know Brandon is wanting to talk about Mr. Baisley. But how, how did you find that Spurs game, Brandon? That had more of like a... I can want to say like you remember watching the March Madness games and it just has like a one of those atmosphere like college atmosphere type games when like all the energy the play drawn up at the end for Lou like you I feel like that was specifically designed for the defense to kind of collapse on paint and then just you have Lou standing there wide open in the corner but the biggest thing is he's hitting that shot and he's, he's got the confidence. 
they they said that that play wasn't meant to go to Dort. It was meant to be. It wasn't. Two, it wasn't. No, it was meant to be a two-player play between Shy and Al Horford. But in obviously okay. there was three point seven seconds on the clock at the start of that play. So obviously I credit to the players because they had the instinct to change the play halfway through to obviously Al to get the ball out for Lou for the three. Right. But what those celebrations as well. You saw last week or the week before Justin Jackson nailing that three in the celebrations. But that, those celebrations against the Spurs is great. Even George Hill with his thumb in a cast was over celebrating. Yeah. It was, I don't know, that's the kind of like, that's the stuff that makes me think that like this team is really just, they're all in. You know what I mean? They love each other type of thing. They're like, they got the camaraderie. Want everyone to do well. It's just fun to watch. It is completely. And we, we, we touched on that. Um, not Well, I didn't. But uh, I don't know if you listen to Topic Thunder. Big shout out to them. With a, a really good podcast with Mike Muscala that they dropped yeah. the other day. Uh, I was quite lucky as well. They, they asked for questions. I asked a question which he actually answered. And it's something that mm. we, speak, we speak about a lot on this pod in how the identity of the team last year has developed into the identity of the team this year in the terms of the way the team never gives up. I can't remember exactly what Muscala said because I was kind of buzzing that my question made it there and Moose actually answered it. Oh, but, yeah. Like, Moose had pretty much said along the lines, like, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Like, half a team is gone, but that, that passion and the way the team plays with that passion it is clear for everyone to see as well. So I, I thought that was a really touching moment that Moose was able to kind of confirm that identity is still there. If, if That's you really cool. If you haven't listened, any Thunder fan, I, re- I recommend you listen. It's a really good pod. That's uh, Topic Thunder. Okay. Um, but yeah, Shy against the Spurs, career high. What were your thoughts? He must be pissed off that he didn't get into that all-star game because like he is just having he's having such a good week. I don't know if like I don't know. It looks like he's turned it up a notch. I don't know if maybe he's just getting back into the rhythm of things after his injury or um he's just feeling like he needs to take over a little bit more or what the deal is, but his three point shootings good doing so much it's kind of it's pretty impressive and it's also impressive that he's still I don't know how this guy doesn't get national attention with the way that he's playing so you don't hear anything about him on ESPN or anything it's Uh, just I completely agree I think it's I found it quite funny how Shai decided to do this the day after the day after or the day of getting snubbed from the all-star game in my, my, my honest opinion like Obviously, we can be kind of biased towards Shy. I think all the players that have gone, you could make a case that they should be there instead of Shy. The one thing that annoyed me was uh, ESPN, Bleacher Report, whatever page it was, they'd done a list of snubs, uh, players that were snubbed from the All-Star game, and Shy wasn't even on that, but they had players like De'Aaron Fox on there. That's ridiculous. Like that, That kind of annoyed me a bit, but... We'll touch about the All-Star in a bit in a later segment. Um, but yeah, Shy turned it up. He was great in that win against the Spurs. Kind of lucky he went off because there wasn't a lot of offence from the rest of the team in that game, apart from mm. Lou Dort. 
who's had an exceptional week in terms of his offensive game, which is obviously you probably heard what I said last week with you and Mr. Brandon Rabar Slayton saying that his offense was at his peak. He's he's proved me wrong this last week. He's doing some things that I didn't think he would do. He's getting a lot more confident, especially with his three point shooting. But I'll tell you what, we'll talk about Bayes later instead of talking about him in particular in that Spurs game. This, it really grinded my gears how some of the fan base turned on him after that one game. One game. Uh, so we'll, t- we'll talk about last night's win. Uh, actually, I will just say on that Spurs game, it kind of felt like a like a playoff win, like mm-hmm. in, especially in terms of the way I reacted as well. It was like half past three. I'm lucky the girlfriend wasn't lying next to me at the time because I screamed. <laughs> 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 That's funny. <laughs> but, no, but no, last 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 night's win against the Hawks, 118-109. Um it was a really great game. Defensively it wasn't perfect, but in terms of offense, I thought we were really good. We shot fifty two point three percent from the floor the whole night, which mm-hmm. I thought is generally outstanding. I thought we attacked the paint really well, which is the one thing I expected us not to do when you have Capella and John Collins in there. Especially yes. Capella. Like Capella is a he's him and Jonas Valanciunas are two of my favourite centres in the league. They really? are cra- crazy in the paint. Crazy. Mm. But yeah, uh Dort offensively again last night was absolutely outstanding. Tio Maladon had his first uh career double double. Him and Ty Jerome seemed like they had an instant chemistry. Don't know where, yeah. where that where that came from. I forgot uh, how many assists Jerome had. And then Maladon had, had 12 assists. Yeah, Jerome had seven. Okay, that's yeah. thir- that. That's why this... Okay, I was looking at the assist total, 31 for the whole game. Yeah, that's, that, nice. that's why I've got written in a 31 assist for the whole game. Jerome had... Jerome finished. Very Shout out to him, to be fair. For his OKC debut was nine... If I'm, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was 9.7 rebounds. No, five rebounds, seven assists. But he, he didn't look out of place whatsoever. What did you think of Ty Jerome last night? I was just kind of like, I was like, who's this guy again? Kind of like trying to figure out what I kept hearing about him all year, but I hadn't really, I hadn't really like been able to see him and then kind of put that together on the floor. I just, that must be something to do with what they're doing in practice or what they're doing with that second unit, because it doesn't really make sense to me to be able to just get on the floor and just start dropping dimes left and right getting like you said nine points five rebounds and seven assists yeah that seems like i don't know credit to ty jerome that's that's probably going to be my player of the week like that's i don't you that's impressive i'm just trying to think of his first okay it's his first game then he's been sidelined for how many months you know that's very like we just keep pull, we keep pulling these guys out of nowhere. Seems like people forget as well. Ty Jerome was selected one pick under Darius Baisley in the 2019 draft. One pick. So he's a 24 first round pick in 2019. Mm. So just just to say enough, he's a first round pick. First round picks tend to get potential. It's very very rare that someone won't become a fairly average at least player. But no, Jerome was he was outstanding. He, uh, him and Tio were just had that instant chemistry. It was really refreshing to see that they set each other up quite a few times, but couldn't have asked for more on a uh, 
a debut. It'd be really good for him to carry on getting minutes as well, after especially so long out. And I liked how Lafonda used him with the G League as well. Sent him down, get him kind of match fit, as we say in the UK, when mm. you've been out with injured for a while. But no, it, it was great. Uh, and then last thing for the games of last week, uh, Darius Baisley shut everyone up. Had a double-double last night. Eight, uh, 18 points, I think. 12 rebounds. Something along those lines. He was great last night. He had a posterizing dunk as well. That was nasty. Nasty dunk. But no credit to him to bounce back. I'm sure he didn't see anybody slander. I'm sure he didn't. But he, he he's one of his own biggest critics, as I keep saying. He seems like a guy who feeds on the confidence of other players, giving him the confidence to do well. But yeah, that, that's just a quick sum up of the last week because uh, there's a lot more I want to talk about. I will just say before we move on as well, you lost again last week in the predictions. Uh-huh. You went you went two and two. I went one and three. Obviously, we spoke about uh, six games there, but we only actually predicted four. So I'm pretty sure that's now five nil to me in predictions. <laughs> Uh, that's the first thing I noticed too when I'm looking at I'm like <laughs> counting them up I'm like nope missed it again <laughs> good luck next week so we'll, we'll move on to player of the week uh, mine's fairly simple and I normally take the lead so and you normally tend to have a different pick but I'm I'm choosing who I'm picking this week no matter who you pick he, he needs to be spoken about you can go first who's your player of the week for the last six six games, obviously it's not just the last week; it's the last six games. Mm. Shay has to be Shay for me. Like just hearing about all of coming back and really shutting everybody up. Like he's just he continues to keep getting better, and I just kind of wonder, like, when, like, is that going to stop, or is he just going to be a superstar? So. That's my pick. Yeah, mine's uh, SGA as well. He's outstanding. This He's probably averaging like, I don't know, late 20s in the past two weeks, I'd say, which is crazy, especially, yeah. on, a te- especially on a team like ours. I know he's obviously the superstar, but we do have a lot of players who are capable of terms of offense as well. Like one of those games, or a couple of the games, actually, Muscala dropped like 15-plus. Kenny Rich last night had a really good offensive game. Lou Dort's been outstanding the last week. So it's, it's great to see that SGA's keeping these stats up with the other players having good offensive weeks as well. Obviously, SGA mm-hmm. dropped his career high as well, which was only a matter of time. His career high was like 32-33. And I was starting to mm-hmm. look at, like, how's, how's it not higher? I wish he went for the 50 in that game, but yeah, we got, we, we got we got the win in the end. So he said be. he didn't. He said he didn't know how many points he had. I was like, come on, dude, you knew you had it. You know. <laughs> surely you got to know the amount of times they look up at the screen to look at a foul or whatnot. Surely, surely yeah. he had a he had a quick gander. But no, he, he's start starting to run out of words to describe him. He's I know. You look you look at his draft class, and he's surely a lot higher. Well, he's starting to look a lot higher in terms of his uh, where he should have been picked, you know, how they kind of reevaluate draft classes. But he's, I keep seeing the amount of uh, nice words as well that the rest of the team is saying about him. 
and the way he develops and the way he coaches the team. He, and it's only his third season in the league. Like this, I, he must be 22, 23. Don't actually know how old he is. He can't say he's much older than that. He's, he's still got 10 to 13 years, at least in this league. Cross touch and wood, he doesn't have any bad injuries that settle that back. But I was going to talk about it in a later segment. But while we're both talking about SGA, obviously, yes, he got snubbed from the All Star game. I just don't like the way they decide these All Stars. Like the fat, the fan votes. Why? What's the point? That's what I wonder. Play, like who play. who votes on this? Yeah, players are gonna, uh, as in the general public, are gonna turn up to an all star game, no matter who you have there. Obviously, you're gonna have the best players there. It's not like they're not gonna turn up if it's full of Alex Caruso's or uh, Jeff Teeth. They might not turn up then, but they're gonna turn up. It's an all star game. It's the best of the bunch. But for me, I don't see why it's. Maybe get all the people in the NBA and then all the head coaches as well. So all the people high up in the NBA, the Adam Silvers and all the deputy commissioners, etc. Get them voting and get all the NBA coaches. They're the one that see these players every day. And obviously, this, I'll maybe even give some um, votes to the scouting teams as well. They're the ones that are doing the reports on all these teams. So let's see how good these players are. And then it's just, a, right, you have 13 players from the East, 13 players from the West. Write them down. And vote them that way. It would it would make more sense to me. I just I don't like the fan vote. I know it doesn't. I think it counts for like twenty percent of how they mm. actually sort it out. But when you like this, the second van, fan vote that came out, Alex Caruso was on there. That's what I, that's the stuff that I don't like. Is like the it's almost like a joke vote. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like not that he's a bad like whatever. He's a great role player but he's not an all-star he shouldn't be you know looked over at like someone like sga literally it's like if if you're going to do these fan votes then take it seriously allow Mm -hmm. nba turn around to the teams and say like obviously if you're doing twitter retweets cast and his votes and stuff then or even online when you do the votes online then make it a pool of players don't make it that you can vote on any player in the league. Like I saw one person, obviously I'm not against it because it's Andre Roberson, but as soon as Roberson went to the Nets, you were able to vote on him to be an all-star. Uh, that is weird. And it's, it's uh, I don't get it. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on Shy getting snubbed? I think it's totally like, okay, if he was on any other team, he would be picked. Like, I think it has everything to do with where Oklahoma City is and the lack of attention. We don't have any games on national television. I mean, we're we're not, you know, we're bad, but like we are well on our way to winning maybe five to thirty games this year, from the looks of it. I'm trying to think of some other players that I was trying to pull up the All Star list right here to see if like what team would be in terms of record being the worst, you know, who who made that all-star list. Um, let's pull it up real quick. Well, it's, a, it's a point that you made then about how, like, the record of the team might affect it. They always, like, a lot of the fans 
uh, last year when the All Star list came out, a lot of people were calling for Devin Booker mm. to be in the All Star game, which didn't happen. And like literally, all the fans were like, "Oh, he's not on a winning team." And it's like, for me, if Julius not- Randall. Sorry, Julius Randall from the like. What are the Knicks record? Like that type of stuff. Like if Shea was on the Knicks. To be fair to Julius Randall, though, he's having an outstanding season. He's balling out. He's, he's absolutely balling. But now it's... For me, the last thing I'll say about it is if you're an all-star, you're an all-star. It shouldn't be record. It should be the best of the best players go to the game. And it shouldn't be a fan vote. But that, that's that's just me. I know a lot of people obviously enjoy doing the fan votes and stuff. And I understand it gets people involved. So next next person I want to talk about is someone obviously I slandered a bit last week in Lugans Dort mm-hmm. it's for his for his offense, but I, w- I will just say I take it back. I've seen a lot more. I've, not that I've seen a lot more. I've paid a lot more attention to Lou Dort this week after after I slandered him in his offense. Obviously, you don't have to watch him in defense anymore. He's he's always there. You've seen him waving in LeBron's face. It take, it, I must say, it must take some serious balls to do that to LeBron. But his, his offense, his, his pump fakes have got really good, especially from the three. His confidence in taking those shots now as well. But he is also still looking for that extra pass at the same time. Do give credit to his offense, but that's not what I want to talk about him. So we, we've seen in the last week or so, there's been a lot of calls for Ludor, all defensive first team, come the end of the season. What 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 are you thinking on that? If he's not all if he's not first team all defense, then I don't know who would like why do you give out that award? I I struggle to think of guards in a defensive way anyway, because it's not like your defensive like, players tend to be your bigs, the ones who get the blocks and the steals, that's not and rebounds. That's normally how defensive player of the year works. Like a guard never wins that award. Mm-hmm, like Rudy Gobert has been getting it. Exactly. I don't know. How would we could we even sit here and think of guards that would make that list with Lou Dort? I don't even nothing comes off the top of my head. There's there's not a lot of guards. Obviously, I'm not saying that there isn't guards in the league that are good at de- uh, defensively, but like the only one that jumps straight to my head is Marcus Smart with the Celtics. Oh yeah, yep. I think Definitely. I think I think that guy's outstanding on D, and it's very underrated. Mm. Um, I don't know; it'd be something to possibly have to think about down the line, maybe when we get towards the end of the season and we start discussing these awards. Because I'm sure we'll be asking Shy to be All NBA third team or something at least <laughs> closer to the time. But no, it's. It's it's a tricky one. Obviously, Dort can play as a forward as well, but you'd imagine that if he's going to make that team, he would be as a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you, we all know Dort's defense. He he gets credited by ESPN during the bubble last year. That's one of the biggest things you can get in terms of people seeing what he's doing. But. <laughs> He's at least going to be second team for me, if not first. I think you can you can make it it's similar to Shy missing out on the All Star All Star game. You can make a case for him being there, but whether he's being there is not. So we said with Mister Rabar last week, is Shy an All Star? Yes, he is. Will he be an All Star this season? Maybe not as much. And I thought that's isn't that interesting though? 
I think that's interesting because it's just kind of like, again, is it because I was looking at, like, if we look at the Celtics, the Pacers, the Knicks, those teams about five games above Oklahoma City. And I think they all have, I think I just saw Sabonis was selected for going in for Durant, which I could probably, I could try to make the argument that Shea is having a better season than Sabonis. I don't know. But or Jay, okay, I can make the argument that Shea's having a better season than Jalen Brown. I can definitely argue that point. But not not obviously Sabonis is a different position with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's having a most improved player caliber season. He has been outstanding. I could make a case of uh for say maybe Jason Tatum this year. I don't think he's been as good this year. He, obviously he's missed time with COVID, etc. But I don't think he's getting as much. Uh, what's the word? He's, I just don't think he's as good as what he has been. I, I I expect a lot more from Tatum. I've been been talking a lot about the Celtics last week and how their their rebuild hasn't exactly gone very well in my eyes. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and the amount of other picks that they've had. They should be dominating this league for me, but mm-hmm. anyway, we're not a Celtics podcast, and I know, thank God. So, so yeah, I know Celtic fans can be a bit uh, fickle, but yeah, we'll we'll move on from that. I'm gonna gonna let you start off the next point because obviously I get very infuriated about it. You want to <laughs> talk? You want to talk about Darius Baisley? You have the floor. You have the podcast. Say what you want to say before Look, I knock. Before I hit you for six out the stadium. <laughs> Look, all right. You talk about how he has a comeback game with a double double last night. That even makes my point. That makes me more mad because why is this happening? To where I pointed out. Okay, it was the which game was it? I think it would have been the Cavs game. I was sitting there analyzing whatever, looking around, kind of like, huh, we're starting off kind of sluggish. What's going on? And then I point out like three things Baisley does wrong in the first quarter. And he's not, he's jogging back on defense. He's not rotating over to close out the perimeter. He isn't, look, I think he scored his first basket with a minute to go in the first. So he's not aggressive. And then we turn it around to last night. He's all over the place. So I'm just wondering what the inconsistency is about, I guess. That's the frustrating part because I feel like we have these set expectations for Dort and Shea, and then Baisley can kind of just kind of wanders. But he is hard on himself, and I know he's his own worst critic, and you like to mention that. And so I wonder if I wonder if some nights he's got it and some nights he doesn't. It's just it's frustrating because I think it's one of those things where you're like, okay, this guy has X amount of potential. What's going on? Is that all you have to say before I jump in? I was a little hard on him. Maybe too hard. <laughs> a little. Right. Rubbing my hands together. Darius Baisley is in his second year. Last season, he started nine games the whole season. The rest of that was 15 to 20 minutes off the bench. So that's probably a normal rookie season for a lot of people. 
he's he's gone from that to being a starter this year, playing twenty five to thirty minutes a game. So that that's that's a big jump for 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 a second year player who spent a lot of time on the bench. That's, that's a that's a big jump. You look at his stats for this season; he's still averaging twelve points a game, eight rebounds ish. But yes, as as we say, Baisley is his own worst critic. He like you, you saw last night when he missed two free throws. He like two free throws in a row and the same trip. He and a, a timeout was called immediately afterwards. He beat himself up. He full on punched the air after that happened. But with with Baze, you've got to think as well. With the fact you look at the players, the key players from last season. So you got your SGA and you got your your Dort. You make a case for Hamid Diallo, but he's still got the same role as last year. Shy and Dort were both starters, so they had that experience straight away. Bayes didn't. So Bayes is on the job learning at the time. He's got a very confident shot, but as we've touched on, he needs to have that confidence there. Like last night, I thought his confidence was there. But that game against the Spurs... Yes, he wasn't there offensively, but he he had a good game defensively. He still still mm. knocked up still knocked up ten rebounds. I just think with what we've said in the past as well, with how the likes of Bayes, SGA, Dort, Diallo, these are now our senior Thunder players, not senior players on the team. They're off senior Thunder players. They've been with the franchise longer, so these are the guys who are obviously going to be with us for years in the future as well. So these are the guys that are going to be picked on or whatnot for having a bad game because these are the players that we want to see do well because these are the players that want to see us go in the future. But I've, I've, I've seen tweets and stuff saying that I wouldn't rule out a trade package for Darius Baisley. It's like, are you mad? This guy is a second-year player. A very good second-year player, I might add. He's, he's leading in stats in some certain categories that were featured on the broadcast last night. I think Paris Lawson mentioned a, a couple of them. But this guy, he's got so much untapped potential, especially offensively. For a guy who is so good at attacking the rim, but yet have a decent three-point shot as well, they're very hard to come by, especially as a four. Yeah, you have the KDs, you have the Yanis. Yanis can't make a three. That's true. This is me no way comparing Baisley to Yanis. Baisley's not going to be Yanis. As much of a, of a fan of I am of Baisley, he's not going to be Yanis. But he is going to be a key role player in the Thunder going future, if not for the Thunder, because you never know, he might not resign or whatnot. He's going to be a key player in this league, and he, he will be an all-star for me. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen plenty enough of him. But the way the... Way the the fan base turned on him after one game. I, I, I hope he didn't see it because I kind of thought it was disgusting in a way. Like it's 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 like I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast watch football or uh basketball, American football in the States. Players have bad games. Players are not yeah, they're pros, they're professional players. But are you ex- really expecting him to have that high standard every single game? Look at Trey Young last night. Yeah, he played like garbage. Trey Young was nowhere to be seen, at least for the first three quarters. 
And he people probably, to be fair, people probably aren't going to come at him and exactly. say anything about that. But this this is what I'm trying to say. Players have bad games. He was still solid defensively in that game. And I, th- I thought it was really, really unfair the way everyone went into him. But as I said, I think it's purely just based on the fan base saying that he's one of our senior players on the team. We need him to pull his finger out every game, which he does. Yeah, he has bursts where he's not looking like he's that bothered. But I think purely that's down to a complete role change. And uh, you, you look at the schedule that these players, just for the Thunder, I don't know what they're like for the rest of the league, what the schedule's been like the last three or four weeks. There's been a lot of back-to-backs or a back-to-back day off another game. These players are playing a lot of games. And based on the experience that he had last year in being that role player off the bench, it's a, it's a big change. For, for me, it is anyway. And I think... I've 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 done the best I can in defending Baser, like the, the the slander that was there. I felt like hopping on a plane, landing in Oklahoma, and beginning the purge. Like that's how I felt about some of the tweets that I saw. I I done very very well not to reply to any of them. Good on you. That was that's actually you do. I never really. That's a good argument for that because. I, I guess is like in my little fan brain, I'm like sitting here and I'm not remembering that these guys are playing like four games and six nights or whatever the case is. It's we're playing more games this year. He's adapting to a new role. It is his second year. Why is the expectation not realistic? And maybe that's on us as Thunder fans, not on, not on you and I, because it seems like you, you're, you follow Baisley probably more so than any other guy on the squad more that's like your your player so those are some good points maybe i shouldn't be so hard on him now i feel bad (laughs) darius if you're listening to the podcast i'm so sorry please give us a hat no it's not that i'm just high on base i'm just high on the amount of youth that we have i I was Mm -hmm. you like you know full well i'm huge on ty jerome i've mentioned him before in the past you Obviously, Poku, I told you about Moses Brown, who's tearing things apart in the G League. I, I've seen a lot of people compare him to Justin Pe- uh, Payton, Patton, whoever mm. it was, centre, not last year, year before for us, because obviously he tore apart in the G League, but I think he's completely different to how Moses Brown is. So that will actually bring me on very nicely to Rookie Watch, which we haven't done for a couple of weeks. Obviously, I will just touch quickly on Poku. Uh, I'll touch first on Moses Brown since we mentioned him, because I'm, I'm sure you'll have something to say with Poku. But Moses Brown was the G League Player of the Week this week, last week, whatever it was. He's tearing it apart down there. He's he's just got the height advantage over everyone, which is one of the things I said to you. I think this guy could be like a like a Clint Capella, someone who stretches very. Uh, very tall, stretches over. He literally can probably put his arm up and put the ball in the basket. He's that tall. He, he's got very uh, a very good wingspan. Uh, but no, he's. I've been really impressed with Moses Brown and the link up that he has with Poker as well. Some <laughs> some of the crazy assists that Pokerchevsky's had 
with Moses Brown has been unreal. But what did you what, see the one where he was falling out about? Oh, yeah, literally flips it back. It was kind of it wasn't completely no look, but it kind of was no look. But it's the fact that he didn't do it like that, he went like kind of behind his head to do it. Like that's unreal talent. And I've seen a lot of people say this week how Poku could be the first seven foot guard for the Thunder. Like, I'd, I'd hope not. I would really like to keep him as a three from what I've seen of him. The shooting will come. Like, it's, he still hasn't completely found his shot in the G League. He has been making shots. He's been a lot more confident in attacking the basket. I haven't been watching the games from uh, when I can. They are quite hard to find. But he's he's making he's making layups as well, which is something that he was missing with the Thunder. Like, He's, atta- he's attacking a lot more. He seems to have a bit of a spark in him. What what have you thought with Poku? Have you seen much of him? Yeah, what's weird is it's like I saw, I don't remember, the, it was a joke about him being like, he's he just looks like a different player in the G League as opposed to maybe he didn't have, maybe it's a confidence thing because that dude looks, it looks like the draft pick that you would get at, where did we, I think we snatched him up at, 17th 17th and then on some of these games with the thunder he just looked like he was out of sorts and so watching him in the g league has been really refreshing because it seems like he's getting the confidence down he he for the seven feet he can really handle the ball it's crazy his ball handling's pretty sublime for how tall he is i'm not sure what kind of role he played in uh greece before he came over but it's it's really, really good. And like I, t- I touched on it a couple of weeks ago when Poku went down to the G League. I said it's the best thing for him. Go mm. down, develop your shot, work a bit of confidence. He had a game the other day with 19 rebounds. And that's as a four with Moses Brown next year. Yeah. It's obviously, he, he, he had like a 20 rebound game at some point, I believe. But and it, I'm pretty sure Poku had another game as well where he had 12 assists in a game. I might be wrong. Mm. I'm thinking about someone else, but Pofi's been great. When those two come back, that could be scary. If you have Moses Brown, Poku, you know, Baisley, or kind of mix them in, Matt Shoot, Maladon, Mascala, all those guys, and then having kind of like a more of a presence down low. I feel like Moses Brown could help our team in the long run. Massively. I, I think... Uh, I'm not sure when the G League finishes, but I know there's only like two or three games left of their like regular season before they enter the playoffs or whatever they do. I'm not, I haven't watched G League before this season because obviously I've been monitoring Poku and Brown. Mm. Um, I forgot what point I was going to make now. I've actually stolen it. Um, it yeah, sirens. So, yeah, no, I was going to say with when Poku and Brown come back, if the trade window is still open that's when I expect us to be busy. I would expect, I'm not saying they will be traded, but the likes of Al Horford, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, George Hill, obviously, we I think we all expect George Hill to be traded. There's a lot of teams who would like a backup point guard. Um, Darius Miller, I would expect potentially to be traded. Maybe Knox, he is on 7 mil. I'm not sure if he's an expiring deal or not, actually. Um, but I can actually see Mike Muscala getting traded. 
as much as it would kill me. So, and a lot of the fan base, I'm sure a lot of us actually really, really love Moose. The way, he comes, the way he comes in, obviously, but he's an offensive threat. He's not. He's, he's, he's shown glimpses of being a good defender, but he's, he's, he's not a good defender. His, the way he is, it reminds me of how Nick Collison was with Thunder. Yeah. He's almost yeah. like Mr. Thunder redo, like another, like, I don't know, 2.0. Maybe we can figure out a nickname for that. Yeah, but no, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Miss Scala was sent. And again, because you look at George Hill, a lot of players after that second uh, point guard to lead him off the bench, which he is, he is a leader. But um, a lot of play, uh, a lot of teams would kill to have Muscala shooting coming off their bench. That's a good point, especially as a stretch five as well. Um, mm. So before we jump on to Tom's take, the last player on Rookie Watch, Tio Maladon. May I, may I just remind you, Tio Maladon, Al Horford, first round pick for Danny Green and Terence Ferguson. Sam Presti, if if he was in this country, would give him a knighthood. Sir, it would be it would be Sir Sam. He is absolutely Sir finesse. Sam. He has finesse the 76ers there. Like that is that is pretty like that's disgusting. He basically <laughs> just he robbed them blind. And he like actually he robbed them while he was looking at them, kind of like picking the pocket while I'm staring at you. Yeah, it's a I mean, think about think about say that again one more time, just so. Theo Maladon, Al Horford, first round pick for Danny Green, T. Ferg, Sam Presti sat down with the GM at the 76ers, pulled his pants down, slapped his backside, <laughs> pulled him back up, and said, "See you later." He has absolutely finessed them. Like Maladon is the next Tony Parker. Yeah, I. I know it's such an easy comparison to make because obviously he came from the Tony Parker Academy in France. So obviously I don't know whether he actually spent some time with uh, Tony Parker or whatnot. Obviously they're from the same academy, so I don't know if Tony Parker tells the drills or whatnot. Don't know how that works. But with, and obviously Tony Parker said when Tio came into the league, this guy is a real deal. There's so much I'm seeing um, of Tio that comes from Tony Parker. It's, look, it's look, really... look at the player Tony Parker became. He's like three, three, four-time NBA champ. And obviously he was very good at having a very good game against OKC. As 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 do, there's always one player on the Spurs who has a good game. Look at Aldridge, which to be fair, he actually kept quiet this week. Aldridge mm. normally goes off against us. But no, Tio, since we last spoke about him, what's your thoughts? I think it's weird to be 19 and to be like, he might be more mature than me and he's like 10 years younger than me, but he just like, he, at the interview last night, I was watching him and I was just kind of like, I was like, this is the perfect late round draft pick for this franchise because he's so like, he's only, I feel like his, he's got a reserved personality and he doesn't even know how good he is yet. And that no, could be I... scary. He's not even tapped into his, his potential and he he surprised he surprises us all with how good his three-point shooting is as well like right when, that's just the, the cherry on top when we trade when we traded him across i've done a bit done a light bit of research i'll say so i don't know if i delve deeper whether i would have seen it or not but 
there wasn't a lot of three point shooting that I was seeing. He was very, he was very similar in Europe with uh, Shy. He was just very good at attacking the rim. Obviously, it's a lot difference, a lot difference between Europe and the NBA in terms of how easy it is to get to the rim. You come out into the NBA and you have got some of the biggest guys who are great defenders at the rim. But Tio's outstanding. He's, he seems to me like he'd be the type of guy like, as soon as you go into the locker room, he's very quiet. Right. I, I, I think he'd be a very reserved young guy, but. I completely agree. I was really surprised that he actually done the interview last night. I think that's the first. Yeah. I think that's the first time I've seen him, and I was surprised how not like nothing against him. I was really surprised how good his English was. I don't know whether he got taught that in the academy or whatnot, but no huge, huge credit to Tio Maladon, who was he's he's just been outstanding. I was really chuffed for him to get his first double double last night because his mm. his play his playmaking has been my biggest appraisal of him this season. He's passes the ball sublimely and he makes it look really easy when he does it as well which is why I got really annoyed at times when Shy was out and Tia wasn't being the primary ball handler yeah. I think we mentioned I think we mentioned that last week as well he's he's got to take the ball more like you could easily play Tio as a one-two similar as we're going to do with Shy going forward so just take it in turns they both bring something different to the way they play so I think if both of them were primary ball handlers, the funder would gain a lot of benefits from that. Now I'm thinking about his English. His English is much better than my French. So his English is a lot leave. better than my English. <laughs> I can't speak half the time. The amount of times I'm going, oh, I can't can't remember what I was going to say now. Uh, but no, just to rub it in Philly one more time, Theo Maladon. Al Horford, first round pick, met the GM, pulled his pants down, smacked his backside, pulled him back up. See you later. And he, I'm, sure he, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he might have grabbed his coat on the way out as well. Done with that behind. So he, they, that's a that is such a. We could spend an hour talking about how that is just that's highway robbery. Sam Preston should be he should be indicted for that. Should be sent away. That is just he, he continues to do more plus. He he just he needs to start getting praised, Sam Pressy, more than he already does. Uh-huh. So jumping on now, penultimate segment of the week, we bring back Tom's take. Wanted to potentially ask Mr. Rabar about this last week, but I thought I'd save it for this week. So my take this week, and I'll explain why as well, is that OKC should target a trade package. For John Collins. John Collins is a guy who there's rumours, I don't know whether they're confirmed rumours that Atlanta aren't going to give him the max. I think he's a very good young player, capable of playing at the four out of the five. And I, I don't think it's a very hard trade to do at all because I would you'd imagine if we were to gain John Collins, we'd probably have to give up Al Horford. So what you're doing with that I'm sure the wages wouldn't mix up, so it would probably have to be... Uh, I don't know a bad contract on the Hawks, so I don't know who that would be, but we might have to put maybe someone like Justin Jackson or Darius Miller on our side, and then Atlanta give us a big contract for us to even out. But if you're sending out Horford to the Hawks, he's going back to where he started his career as well and, mm-hmm. spent, se- and spent seven years there. So it's, it would be a trade destination for Horford, 
that you would imagine that he wouldn't be against. So if we go back to John Collins, this guy, I think, I don't know how many years he's been in the league now, actually. It might be longer than what I think it is. But he's, he's still young. He's a very, very underrated player. He's always going to be second, maybe even third string in terms of what he brings to the Hawks behind Trey Young and Capella. I'm not saying Capella is better than John Collins, but Capella will always fill the box sheet, so he will get those accolades. But no, for me, John Collins needs to be targeted by Sam Presti. Send Al Horford back to the Hawks, thank him for what he's done. And then you try to, obviously with this happening, I'd probably, if I was Sam Presti, have a chat with John Collins to say, look, would be prepared to give you the contract, which we have plenty of cap room. Huge. Probably have the most in the league, I would imagine. I think so. So it's it's a very doable deal. And it's a player I think would do really well. So I, I like John Collins as a five. Because obviously I, I don't I don't want to disorientate Baisley's position. But that, that that's what I've got to say on that. Are you a fan of John Collins? Is that a take you I, can agree with? Or do you I love that. I, I really love that. And I always want to disagree with you. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'd love to disagree with you. That's a really good – that matches everything that we're trying to do. You get out – you get off of an old bet. You kind of, hey, thank you, Al. See you. Thanks for everything. Kind of like sending your kids off to college. Like Al Horford, he's, he goes along. He does his thing. Goes back to Atlanta. John who Collins, trying, who are trying to contend as well. That is a good point. Atlanta. John Collins might be. This is his third, or probably maybe could be his fourth year. Third or fourth, older. But he's an established dude. He he's exciting. He's like I think he's a, he's a pretty. If I want to say, I've seen him. I think he's a kind of a Skywalker, a dunker of sorts. He can kind of like can get up there and kind of finish around the rim really easily. So, and we need that. I would like that. I need to watch more film on Collins because now I'm trying to figure out why. He kind of flies under the radar, doesn't he? He does. I do, I do think he will get traded because obviously if Atlanta aren't going to give him the contract that he wants, you would imagine he would get traded before the deadline unless he has a ch- unless they have a change of heart. But I, I, would, I would like to see us have a go at John Collins. I really, really would. I like that. So is that another agree for me? Yeah. That's a really good... You should put that... You need to tweet that one. I might do it at some point. Maybe, maybe I might just save it for the... Uh, when we get the press release of uh, OKC acquire John Collins. And I'll be like, ah, well, I told you all weeks yeah. ago. Got it here. But no, obviously another great Tom's take there. I think it would honestly be an outstanding thing to do. Be great for Al. It would help the Hawks. I, I could see it makes sense for both sides. We've got the space to give Collins the contract. Uh, so I, bet you, yeah. I bet you like that better than the Blake Griffin trade, huh? I'm not talking about Blake. I refuse. <laughs> Keep Blake Griffin away from the Thunder. <laughs> so t- to finish off this week, we'll have, obviously, as always, we'll have a quick preview of the next week. So there's only three games now before the all-star game um they're actually a bit spaced spaced out as well so the players have actually got a bit not exactly like a rest but they've got a bit more of a break between games and then obviously the all-star game nobody's going so 
they'll all have a bit of a prolonged break there as well. So we've got the Nuggets at home, the Mavs away, and then the Spurs away before the All-Star game. You need to pull your finger out now and get this prediction right, because if I get it right again this week, that would be 6-0. Let me repeat that, 6-0. I heard you. (laughs) Hmm. Look, okay, I... I wonder if we're going to have the same one this week. I'll go first. Um, I want to say 0-3, but I like – maybe – I think we could beat the Spurs again. I'm going to say 1-3. and 1-3. Well, it'll be 1-2, wouldn't it? It's only, only three games. Oh, my God. Sorry, I was counting for – yeah, it is 1-2. My math every time. So you're going 1-2. I'm going 1-2. Right, I'm, I'm going to go with Norton 3. The Nuggets, or obviously the Nuggets, Jamal Murray is balling, and Jokic is on an offensive masterclass at the minute the past week or so. The Mavs, I think, will be too strong for us. Luka's, obviously Luka. And then I, I see us losing to the Spurs back in their own turf. Pop will come back with a vengeance, and they're also going to have a lot of their players back as well. DeRozan will be back. Keldon Johnson will be back. Rudy Gay will be back. But and I think that they had six players out in that win that we had against them. Yeah. But I and I think that'll be a good thing for us. I think we in the games that we lose, it's very rare that we look bad. So there's nothing wrong with losing the three games next week. Obviously, I hope we don't. We all, we all, we we all we all love winning. Like no 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 one wants to lose a game, but. I don't think it would be shameful, to say the least, to lose the three games next week. So that's that's all for this week. I feel like I don't know how long we've been on this call for, but it's certainly flown over. It's been refreshing to talk a lot more rather than recap the past week or so. I agree. I like that. I agree. But no, um, as always, thank you very much, Brandon, for joining me. You can find Brandon on Twitter if you want to put your, uh, tell us your at. You can find me at Mr. October, and that is Mr. O-K-C-T-O-B-E-R. Yeah. Give me a yeah. give me a shout out. I'm always on Twitter. Yeah, uh, and that's, as I'm about to remind you, he is always on Twitter because he won't leave me alone. <laughs> but no, thank, thank you very much for joining me again this week, Brandon. I look forward to next week, as always. And thank you all for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. Thunder up. Under up.